Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Clash Pod. This is episode 26. As always, I'm your host, AB. Obviously, it's been a minute since our last recorded podcast. Well, we're back now for the running for the rest of the season and also the NBA playoffs as well in, in the NBA segment. But yeah, so this week, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be looking forward to the penultimate weekend in the Premier League. And we're also going to be looking back at results that we haven't covered since the last pod that we had, which was in April. Right now, in the Premier League... This is two-horse race, as you were, actually. It's been like that for most of the season. So, between Liverpool and Man City. Um, so yeah, right now, it's looking a bit mad still. We don't know who's going to win the league. City are point clear as it stands. But um, I'm sure Liverpool will be looking to capitalise on any slip-up that City do have in the last two games of the season. Before we do go into the Premier League results and upcoming fixtures, I want to give a big shout-out to the PFA Player of the Year. That's Virgil van Dijk, the first defender to win a PFA Player of the Year award since John Terry back in 05. So he's breaking boundaries. Big up him. Obviously, it's been a two-horse race for the most of the season between him and Sterling Luther King. That's what I like to call him. That's the black advocate right there, fam. He's going to lead us to the promised land. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would have wanted Sterling to get it because obviously for his off-the-field work that he's been doing as well, you know, for the kick it out campaign and for racism and speaking up and all them things there. But at the end of the day, it's an award for what you do on the pitch. And as much as he deserved it, so did his rival Virgil van Dijk. So Virgil van Dijk picked up the award. But I guess as a compensation sort of thing, they gave Raheem Sterling PFA Young Player of the Year award. So he did deserve that as well. I'm surprised he still qualified for it because my man's like, what, 24? 25? I thought them awards were like for 23 and under, but yeah. Um, one thing I do want to talk about though for the PFA Young Player of the Year awards. So the nominees, yeah, for that award was Trent Alexander-Arnold of Liverpool, David Brooks of Bournemouth, Marcus Rashford of United, Declan Rice of West Ham, obviously Raheem Sterling, the eventual winner, and Bernardo Silva. I feel like they snubbed one of the man them though, man. They snubbed my guy from like Crystal Palace. He's been holding it down since the beginning of the season. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, he's had a stellar season at Crystal Palace. Big up him. Obviously, he, he hasn't really broken into the international world. Well, he hasn't at all broken into the international fold. I feel like that's probably what set him back from being nominated for the shortlist of the awards. Uh, albeit they did have David Brooks, but I feel like you see with things like that, like they quarantine it to at least like one man that don't have international experience. So like all these other men, so Declan Rice, he made his England debut earlier this year. Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's been in and out of the England squad. Obviously, you've got your Rashford and Sterling and obviously Bernardo Silva's um, a mainstay in the Portuguese national team. So I feel like that was the one thing that um, didn't really go in the way of Aaron Wan-Bissaka's favour, but... Big up here, as I said, Crystal Palace, he's been holding down that right back. I would love to see him at United. But at the same time, I really don't want him to be mixed up in the circus. That's at Old Trafford right now. We're going to come up to that later. <laughs> but yeah, so let's start off with the Premier League penultimate weekend results. So this is the last, well, second to last weekend in the Premier League season. Season's flown by, man. I still remember the first day of the season. We've got Friday night kickoff. That's Everton against Burnley. Everton been going strong in the Premier League. Um, they have they have bounced back ever since I did roast them on a podcast like three four pods ago. They host Burnley at um Goodison Park. That's the Friday night kickoff. On Saturday we got five fixtures in the Premier League early kickoff. Bournemouth host Tottenham at the Vitality Stadium. Obviously Tottenham. I feel like they've cemented a Champions League place for next season. I mean they've got seventy points. Arsenal in fifth are four points away from them. But, you know, <laughs> a wise man once said it's the history of the Tottenham. So I wouldn't be surprised if they drop points on this game and on the last game of the season. But realistically, I don't think they'll do that. So, yeah, that's the 12.30 kickoff. There's two 3 o'clock kickoffs. West Ham host Southampton at the London Stadium. Wolves post Fulham. Fulham are in a bit of, they're in a, bit of a rejuvenation. I don't even know if they won their last, what, two games in a row? They beat Everton at Craven Cottage and then they went away and beat Bournemouth. But obviously, it's too little too late because they have been relegated. But I feel like that's a good show for Scott Parker if he wants to get that permanent job at the beginning of next season when they'll be playing in um, the championship. So, yeah, um, a 5.30 game. Cardiff City host Crystal Palace. That is a huge, huge game for Cardiff City. They are flirting with relegation right now. I mean, there's a four-point gap between them and 17th place Brighton and Hove Albion. So, boy, um, they really need to win their next two games if they want to stay in the Premier League next season. So it's a bit it's looking a bit tight for them still because Crystal Palace away from home, they're a formidable side. <laughs> it's mad because they got the worst home record in the league. So 
I don't really know how they I don't really know how how they do it but yeah it's going to be a tough tough game for the bluebirds um the last game on saturday is a huge huge game it's a game that liverpool must win we've been saying that for the past what four or five weeks and they have been winning so fair play to them but they go to st james's park to play newcastle united it's going to be a tough game for them rafael benitez can he be the mastermind to dent hopes in his former team's title aspirations we'll have to wait and see Liverpool, their last couple of games, I mean, they've been doing their thing, man. They've been getting their wins that they need to get. Obviously, I'm talking about in the Premier League, because we ain't going to talk about what Lionel Messi and them, man, done to them in the Champions League in midweek. <laughs> but yeah, in the Premier League perspective, I mean, they fresh Huddersfield 5-0 on the Friday night. They beat Cardiff away 2-0. They had that huge 2-0 victory against Chelsea with Mo Salah scoring that screamer. Uh, so yeah, they've been you know they've been they've been doing what they have to do really win games. Obviously, it's out of their hands right now. So we need a huge favour from the teams that are playing Man City. So yeah, they go away against Newcastle. As I said, it's a tough game, but I do feel like they they should get the win, especially considering that um humiliating defeat against Barcelona at their new camp in midweek. I feel like they'll want to bounce back and get back on. Get back on, you know, get back on form like they have been in the Premier League. So, yeah, those are the games on Saturday. Then we've got three games on Sunday starting off. Chelsea hosts Watford. Obviously, Chelsea, they haven't yet secured Champions League football. So, they'll want to do that when they secure a win. Well, if they secure a win at home against a Watford side that have been high-flying this season. Obviously, they're going to be in the FA Cup final against Man City. Hopefully they do win, man. Troy Dini and them, man. Big performance needed, lad. Gerard De he's had a solid, solid season so far. Obviously, in the beginning of this season, he didn't really hit the ground running. But off late, he's banged in some crucial, crucial goals for Watford, fam. Some clutch goals as well. So, yeah, Chelsea holds Watford. Chelsea, they're sitting in fourth right now on 68 points. Arsenal in fifth. They're two points behind them. So, they'll really need to win this game in order for them to, you know, get that top four position, fam. So that's Chelsea against Watford. Then Huddersfield host Manchester United. Huddersfield, of course, they've already been doomed to relegation. So they ain't really got nothing to play for. United, mathematically, they can still qualify for Champions League football next season. But I can't lie, it's done. It's done. It's over. We got to try it. We'll try again next season. It's a wrap. I mean, right now, it's, it's over, man. That's all I can say. Boy, I don't even, I don't even know where to start with that team because the last few games have been shambolic. I mean... Talk about that 4-0 defeat against Everton. Talk about what happened to us against Barcelona. Fair enough, Barcelona, that's an elite team. The the golfing class was shown when we played them over two legs, losing 4-0 on aggregate. We lost 3-0 at the new camp. So did another certain team that's battling to win the league, but I ain't going to talk about that just yet. But yeah, so against Everton, that's probably one of the worst performances I've seen from a United team in a while. And I, I mean, boy, in that game, yeah, so in the 90 minutes... We allowed Everton to score a bicycle kick through Richarlison. A 25-yard screamer from Gilfie Sigurdsson. I can't lie, Gilfie Sigurdsson, yeah? This guy, anytime it comes to playing United, this guy always rolls up his sleeves. Ever since my man was at Swansea, yeah? This guy was always banging some mad goals, fam. Luca Dina scored a banger as well from a corner half volley. And we let a man like Theo Walcott score. We just got beat down, fam. Like I said, big up Everton. This season, they've beaten Arsenal at home, Chelsea at home, and United at home. From previous seasons, they've been criticised for not turning up against the big teams, but they've done so this season. So big up them. United, it was an absolute disgrace. I mean, there's a lot of players that really need to take a good hard look at themselves in the mirror and say, are they playing for this badge? Are they playing for, for the best team in English football when it comes to winning trophies? Because it's not looking like that right now. A lot of players, a lot of players really need to take a good hard look at themselves. And I can't lie, we need a huge clear out in the summer. A lot of players, I don't want to see their faces again. I don't ever want to see them put that shirt on again because we'll, we'll riot and I'll travel up to Manchester. <laughs> but yeah, so United host Huddersfield. Um, apparently Lukaku's been ruled out. Lukaku, that's another one. He, he's flirting with the idea of moving to Syria. Our brother, like, f who are you to be talking about you like playing for different teams? You're, you play for Manchester United. This is what's wrong with the club. You've got players that don't appreciate what it's like to play for the club, yeah? And they talk about how they'll fancy a move to different leagues, fam. Like, what is this, bro? What's going on, fam? 
Paul Pogba's been made a scapegoat for most of the season. He did make the PFA Team of the Year, though. I don't know why there was such an outrage, because a man has scored, what, 13 league goals and 10 assists this season. So what more can you ask from him? That's a... He's had, he's had a career high in both scoring and assisting, fam. And he was the only player who wasn't a United, who wasn't a City or Liverpool player to make the team. I heard a lot of men talk about how Hazard should have made it ahead of him. Brother, they don't even play the same position, fam. How are you going to compare the two, fam? How, how, how are you going to tell... I don't understand, man. A lot, a lot of people's um, opinions are very flawed, fam. I don't really understand. But yeah, as I said, individually, he's had a good season, innit? Like I said... 13 Premier League goals, 9 Premier League assists. Um, a lot of people criticise him, say most of them are penalties, but you got to score penalties, so I don't I don't understand that. Like, what do you want? F- what more do you want from him? That is this Sunday, United hosting Huddersfield, then the then the 4.30 kickoff on Sunday, Arsenal host Brighton at the Emirates. Arsenal, <laughs> you know, yeah, because United have been so shit, yeah, this season, and because it's just so easy to criticise them, because everyone just makes Pogba a scapegoat, yeah. People forget the type of form that Arsenal are in. Arsenal have lost their last three Premier League games, you know. They lost 3-2 against Crystal Palace at home, where they let Christian Benteke score. I can't remember the last time I heard Christian Benteke got on the score sheet. Like, how many goals does his brother even have in the season, fam? Deep that, that was Benteke's first Premier League goal of the season. And it came against Arsenal, and it happened to be the winner. That was his... That's his only goal he scored this season. It's, it's just madness, fam. It's just madness. Like, they have been in... Poor, poor form. The game after that, they were just they were just got run at the park by Wolves. They beat them three one. We all know we've been saying this the whole season. How Wolves play against the big teams. They stepped up. They were three 0 up at half time. From big up Diogo Jota. That's looking like a real baller right now. I like him a lot. Big up um, Rahimenez as well. He's had a solid season. Obviously, he's permanently signed to Wolves now. So the big question for him is: is can he do that in the next season? Because we all know sometimes these players they have like second season syndrome where they fail to come off the mark following a great start to the initial season in the Premier League. If you want to know who the who the pinnacle of that is, ask about Michu. I don't know if certain man remember Michu when my man was banging in goals for Swansea back in, I don't even remember, what, what, 014 times? Fam, that was that was a striker right there, you know. Second season, he's falling off. Only Lord knows where my man is right now, fam. So yeah, hopefully he doesn't he doesn't fall off like that, and he carries on doing his thing well into next season as well. So yeah, and in the lot in the most previous game, <laughs> on the twenty eighth of April, they got they got whitewashed by Leicester three 0 Albeit Ainsley Maitland Niles did get sent off, but it was another poor poor performance from the Gunners, and that leaves them languishing in fifth position in the Premier League. Two points away from Chelsea, as I said earlier before. So, Champions League football is looking like it's not going to touch Emirates for another year. Unless they win the Europa League. So, yeah. <laughs> the two teams that ban each other the most. Look look where we are. I've been telling Arsenal fans, yeah. We will hand in hand perish together. Like, we're going down together. You don't understand. If United are going down, we're dragging, we're dragging you with us. You're coming with us, bro. Where are you running to? <laughs> so, yeah. Arsenal host Brighton. Um, Brighton, they'll be looking to, you know, try and seal their Premier League fate if they do get a win. It's going to be a tough, tough game for them away at the Emirates because Arsenal, they'll be looking for a response. I know the fans will be looking for a response as well because them last three league defeats have been pathetic. I mean, United have been shit, yeah, but we lost to Everton side. That's a good, solid mid-table side. And we lost to Man City, the reigning champions. Like, alright, cool. If you're going to lose, yeah, I want to lose to Man City in it because they're a respectable side and they've been probably one of the best teams in the league and that and their league position shows that. But to lose to Palace, Wolves and Leicester is a joke thing. It's a joke thing. So, yeah, as I said, Brighton, I really want them to stay up, man. I really want them to stay up for the mere fact that Chris Hewton is in charge and he's black and we have to support our black managers. I mean, there's already a, such a lack of black and ethnic minority managers in football altogether. So to see another black brother getting relegated, it, it, will, just, it will just hurt me, man. I won't even lie to you. We've already seen what happened to Darren Moore at West Bromwich Albion. A man got sacked when his team was in playoff position for him. I don't know what more they wanted from him. So we really, really don't need another black manager to get pe- to lose his job. So big up Chris Hewton, big up Brighton. Hopefully they can get another result and condemn Arsenal to four Premier League defeats in a row. I can't remember the last time that's happened to them. If it's happened at all. But yeah, keeping the ball rolling on Monday night, it's the champions, Manchester City. They host Leicester City. 
at the Etihad Stadium, a win for them, and they'll be an inch closer to securing back-to-back -back Premier League titles. Liverpool fans, they're moving on from supporting Burnley, who failed to do the job against Man City, to supporting Leicester now. So, yeah, maybe Jamie Vardy and Demma would do you a lot of favour. I doubt it, though, because the way City are going, obviously, they don't have Champions League football, so they're solely focused on the league, and I do think that they will do the job, and I do believe they will win the league. I can't lie, though, yeah. Obviously, me being a United fan, this is like pick your poison, whether you want Liverpool or City to win the league. But if, yeah, realistically, like, removing emotion aside, yeah, Liverpool deserve to win the league, man. Our our lighty, they just fam. How can they can possibly attain ninety seven points here and not win the league? How do you almost get a hundred points, three figure points, and not win the league? Do you know how peak that is, bro? Fam, they've lost one game this whole season, and that was against Man City. You you expected to lose that game? I mean, come on now, man. They've they've hardly ever put a foot wrong, yeah. I mean, Man City, they've lost four games this season. They've lost to teams like Leicester. Oh, yeah, they lost to Leicester. So, and they're playing them on Monday. Mad. So, yeah, they like, mad. Maybe Leicester can secure back-to-back -back, um, wins against them. So, yeah, they lost to Leicester. They lost to Crystal Palace. And I can't remember the other two teams they lost to, but they've lost four games, fam. They've, and Liverpool, obviously, they've drawn a couple games here and there. They drew to West Ham. They drew to Burnley. They've been so solid this season. For them to not win the league... In fact, for them to not win nothing this season, because in the Champions League, it's looking techie for them as well. Like, they're 3-0 down on aggregate against Barcelona going into the second leg at Anfield. I know Anfield, with the way the fans are set up and the atmosphere, anything can happen. Like, they can score any X amount of goals, but you're up against Barcelona, fam. You give Messi a sniff of the ball, look what he'll do to you. Even Suarez, fam. So, yeah, um, for Liverpool season to end trophyless... <laughs> It's, it's peak, fam. I can't lie. I feel for I feel for the Liverpool fans because, fam, they've hardly put a foot wrong, fam. How can they end up? How can they end up with the same number of trophies, yeah, as Burnley this season? <laughs> It'll be peak, man. So I can't lie, yeah. Taking emotion out of it, they deserve to win the league, and it's mad because they got so many people just rooting for them as well, yeah. Man City, they're just going to steamroll Leicester and whoever they got in the last game of the season, man. I can just see it, man. Obviously, that's not the only thing that, that's left to play for in this Premier League season. There's also the fight for the top four positions. So, the three teams that's in that... Well, four teams if you want to include Tottenham. But as I said before, I really don't see them bottling it. If they bottle it, then there's a real cause for concern. But can I just say, yeah, how up and down this Premier League season have been? has been, yeah? Spurs have lost 12 games, yeah? Yet yeah, in third position, fam. It's crazy, fam. So this season has been a crazy, crazy season. Like the golfing class between the top two and the rest of the league is ridiculous. But yeah, as I said, there's the top four to play for as well. So Chelsea, who currently occupy fourth, they host Watford, as I said, on Sunday. And then they got the last game of the season, they play away at Leicester. Manchester United, who are also allegedly, allegedly in the top four race. We go away to Huddersfield and then we host Cardiff. So, on the face of it, two very, very winnable games. But the way we've been playing, I won't even be surprised if we, what, like, draw to Huddersfield then lose to Cardiff or something like that, fam. So, I don't even know, man. But as, I, as I've been saying, our season's over, man. Right now, what I want to see, especially uh, um, due to the fact that Rashford's season is over due to injury, well, that's what the reports are saying. I just want to see the young Gs get a little run around. I want to see Angel Gomez get a couple games, Mason Greenwood as well, Tahit Chong, um, Greener, all their man there. I want to see what they can do, fam. Let them get that Premier League experience, in it. I mean, we've got nothing left to play for. Might as well play, promote the young Gs and them man there, fam. Three points away from fourth place Chelsea. Realistically, we should have beaten Chelsea when we played them on Sunday, um, but it wasn't to be. We did take the lead. It was a great goal from Juan Mata on his birthday as well. Um, big up Lukaku, though, because that, that little ping to Luke Shaw was a great pass, and big up Luke Shaw for not taking a shot and squaring it to Mata, fam. So, yeah, um, we did have a lot of chances. 
as always, the theme of our season, we didn't take our chances. Chelsea went on the other end and scored Marcus Alonso through a David De Gea fumble. I can't lie. David De Gea, he's been exceptional for us in the past couple of seasons. He's saved us multiple 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 times but no one is above criticism these last couple of games he has been he's just been dog shit fam that's a, it's as simple as that fam against Barcelona in the Champions League I feel like he cost us because that goal against Messi you can't be getting beaten at your near post fair enough you're playing against an elite side but you can't just be you cannot get beaten at your near post fam He's fumbled a lot of shots. His head doesn't look like he's in the right mind frame. I feel like Sergio Romero, he just needs to get given the baton, go and go for the next few games. I mean, he's one of the best backup goalkeepers in world football right now. So I have no qualms if he was to play in goal. So yeah, David De Gea, I don't really know where his head is. Um, there's reports coming in the media. He wants so, so, and so much a week. He wants Pogba's wages, this man's wages, Bill Gates' wages. I don't know, man. Half the time, I can't trust the media anyway because look at the way they scapegoating man like Pogba and them man there, fam. They, I mean, they might as well just call him a nigger, fam. Like, like, like what the fuck, fam? Everything, everything is my man's fault. Like, what? It's just a joke thing, fam. But yeah, so that's United's schedule for the rest of the season. Arsenal, they're currently sitting fifth. They're two points away from Chelsea. So realistically, they need to collect six points for their next two games and hope that Chelsea slip up away at Leicester or at home against Watford, where realistically... Those are two like slip upable games, if you wanna if you wanna call it that, fam. Like Watford, Watford have been a deep they're two decent sides as well. Leicester as well, fam. So I really won't be surprised if Chelsea drop points. Especially considering the fact that they're in the Europa League semi-finals right now. They they're they're up against Eintracht Frankfurt. So they'll probably look towards the Europa League-ish as a way of them getting into the Champions League. So yeah, Arsenal's last two games, they host Brighton on Sunday and then they've got Burnley away on the last game of the season. So yeah, um those are the teams battling for top four. As for the relegation battle, so obviously Cardiff, they're looking doomed. Four points away from 17th place Brighton. So realistically they need to win. They need to win their next two games. Cardiff, so they host Crystal Palace, as I said earlier, and the last game of the season. Manchester United away. Boy. Boy, 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 what a tough game that is for them, fam. So, I can't lie, that last game of the season, Cardiff has started to play for, so I expect them to come out all guns blazing. I expect them to be on the front foot. It's mad because we're talking about Cardiff at Old Trafford. But this is how low my team has fallen. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen, fam. So, yeah, I expect them to, you know, give it a real goal because, I mean, they got nothing to lose. Obviously, they got their Premier League... <laughs> Um, survival hopes on the line, but I mean, they can really go at it, is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, as for Brighton, they got Arsenal, and then they have on the last game of the season, they got Man City at home. So, that's another, that's another mad, mad two tough, tough games for them. Brighton have a big say in the top four and also the Premier League title race as well, because obviously they're playing Arsenal and Man City. I mean, if they win both them games, yeah, as mad as it sounds. They've probably knocked Arsenal out of <laughs> the Champions League and they've possibly given Liverpool the league. So they could they could either be the biggest ops yeah, <laughs> this season or the biggest allies. So it's mad. But as I said earlier, I want Brighton to stay up, man. Big up Chris Hutton. Big up all the black managers in English football right now. Shout out Saul Campbell. If you don't know, man's holding it down right now in the League 2 trenches. He's currently the manager of Macclesfield Town. Them man are deep, deep inside the trenches trying to battle relegation. Hopefully they do, man. So hold tight, Saul Campbell. Hold tight, all the other black managers in and around English football, fam. You, man, just do your thing, win your games, keep your jobs. It's as simple as that, mate. <laughs> <coughs> We're going to move on, though. Um, I want to talk a bit about my club. My club that has just fallen to dust, fam. Manchester United, um, it's been an abysmal season. I mean, we started off poorly under Mourinho. Um, we did have a brief, brief rejuvenation under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, where we won, what, like 13 games in a row. But obviously, I feel like the honeymoon has ended and we've lost, like, what, eight of our last nine games or something like that. So, um, obviously, we've been knocked out of the Champions League as well by Barcelona. Our season looks like it's falling apart. Our players are being criticised all the time. The football that we've played of late hasn't been great at all. I mean, even when we do win, we, we win poorly. Take that win against West Ham, for example, where we won 2-1 courtesy of two Pogba penalties. The chances that we had 
we failed to take them. West Ham were on the front foot most of the game. Mikel Antonio, he scored a goal that was offside. I mean, it's things like this. We need a whole clear out. I've been hearing reports that Solskjaer is going to be ruthless in the summer by clearing out half of the squad. A lot of players have been told that they have no future at the club. And Herrera's on the contract tug of war between us and PSG. One matter, his contract is up at the end of the season as well. There's no sign of him re-signing. David Gea, he's saying he wants 300 and something K a week. His head's clearly not in the right mind frame. Poor Pogba, he's flirting with Real Madrid every other week in the press. Well, that's what they say anyway. Romelu Lukaku wants to go Serie A. Martial's just dropping like a 13-year-old. He's just soaking on the pitch and then things there. Playing football so lackluster, he doesn't run in behind no more. Marcus Rashford, he's been he's been off the radar for a while now. Let's be real, let's be very very real. He, he's he's not been he's not been at his best, and that's just being polite. Ashley Young, <laughs> I don't even want to begin to go there. Apparently, we have the worst crossing accuracy in the Premier League at twenty seven percent. And when I saw that stat, I was not surprised at all because we just have players that are incapable of crossing the ball. Um, I've been saying to people, I feel like we need... This isn't going to be fixed in the next year or even in the next two transfer windows. This is this is going to take a deep, deep, deep rebuilding job firm. We need to start from... Well, not from scratch, but we need to keep, like, what? The main core, which I believe is De Gea, Pogba, Rash, if he's willing to improve, Lindelof... Marshall, if he can fix his attitude. Like, we need to keep, like, five or six players. The rest of them, they can just go. I mean, Rojo, Smalling, Jones, Matic, Young. Uh, Valencia's already cutting. All right, cool, you've been a decent servant to the club. We're going to miss you. Well, we're going to miss you a bit in it, but not too much. Um, so, yeah, we need to just rebuild, bringing in some young hungry players that just want to bang ball. I mean, look what Ajax are doing, fam. Them man play with no fear, fam. Them man budded up Real Madrid at the Bernabeu, budded up Tottenham at their new how-much-million-pound stadium it cost. I don't even know. I don't even care. Budded up Juve at the Allianz. Uh, look what they're doing, fam. These man play with no fear, fam. Man like Frankie de Jong, he's already gone Barca. you got man like Hakim Ziyech. Do you sound Tadic, fam? Do you sound Tadic? This time last year... Man was battling relegation with Shane Long and them man death them. Man's in the Champions League semi-final. Man's 90 minutes away from playing in the Champions League final. Fam, David Neres, fam. All these men are bad boys. Daily Blind. Daily Blind was holding it down at centre-back with Chris Smalling under Van Gaal a couple years back, fam. Now look at him. Look at, look at, look at man shining, fam. It's actually mad, like. Fam, big up Ajax, man. These men, a lot of men talking about how they're incorporating Man City's possession style with a mix of uh, Liverpool's pressing style. Fam, niggas don't know. Ajax were the originators, fam. Under Johan Cruyff and them man there, fam. Them man were, were banning up football back in the 90s, fam. Them man made the 4-3-3 formation as it is right now, fam. So, big up Ajax. Um, it'll be hard for them to lift the Champions League, but boy, I want them to do it, fam, because those are... That's a European giant right there, you know. That's in terms of history, that's easily the top one of the top ten um historic clubs in world football, fam. You got your Ajaxes, your AC Milan's, all them man there. Don't get it twisted because they're falling off now that they ain't that they ain't got the history. Obviously, we're talking about the present right now, and it's been a minute since they won in it. Last time they won the Champions League was in '97, I believe. That's when man was born, fam. So it's been a minute, but it's very, very refreshing to see, fam. I look at their young core as well, fam. I just hope that they don't all get sold off to the highest bidder at, at like Real Madrid and Barca and all them man there, fam. So yeah, big up Ajax, man. So yeah, I think I'm gonna call it a pod. So obviously we're just gonna have to wait and see what this penultimate weekend in the Premier League holds for the teams challenging for the top four and also Liverpool and Man City challenging for the title. And we'll have to wait and see what happens down towards the bottom of the table, whether or not Brighton and Hove Albion can survive or they will go down alongside Huddersfield and Fulham. So yeah, I'm your host AB. This is Clutch Pod. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and also on our streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud and on iTunes podcast. If you're still listening at this point, big up. Much love for the support as well. This is episode 26. We're moving on to the NBA segment now. Bottom, 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 bottom.
Not gonna lie, I can't lie to you. We might have to change the intro music for, for the NBA segment because James Harden ain't balling right about now, man. He just ain't doing his thing, fam. I've been praying this brother would step up during the playoffs. I've been hoping, especially when man was averaging 36, breaking all type of records in the regular season ever since Wilt Chamberlain stepped on the court. But boy, we're looking like we need a new intro next season, man. So yeah, this is the NBA segment of Clutch Pod, episode 26. Obviously, right now it's playoff season. This is this is the part of the year where it all matters. Forget what, what results go down during October to flipping April. Your season, your season starts from April to June, fam. This is where you need to mash in work. This is where this is where clutch players are revealed, fam. And where the bums are revealed as well, fam. So obviously, round one of the playoffs has ended. We're just gonna round up the results from round one of the playoffs and we're gonna look to the um conference semi-finals which is going on as we speak. So yeah, in round one, starting off in the east, the Bucks came up against the Pistons. It was just an easy sweep for the Milwaukee. I mean, they just they were just allowed to do everything they could do. Yanis had monster games. He was just doing Yanis like things, you know them ones there. But yeah, um obviously it was a bit peak for Detroit because they were without their all-star power forward Blake Griffin who was injured. He did come back for game three, I believe. Game three, he did drop 27 as well. Like he, he tried, he tried to do his thing, but obviously the box were just too strong for them in the end, man. So big up him for trying to play, withstand the injury whilst playing, but obviously in the end, it wasn't, it just wasn't enough. Um, Yanis even dropped 41 points in the <coughs> winner-go-home game for the Detroit Pistons. That's an easy sweep for them. A lot of people expected them to sweep them anyway. Another sweep in the Eastern Conference, Boston Celtics, first team to advance into the second round. Um, they swept the Indiana Pacers. For me, I wasn't really surprised because I always had a feeling that come playoff time, the Celtics will sort out their shit and they'll get back to bowling, fam. And this was what went down during that first round matchup against the Pacers. Obviously, the Pacers, they were without Oladipo, so their backs were against the wall. Um, Miles Turner and them, man, they failed to really turn up. But I feel like the matchups were just too much for them because Al Horford, we're going to come up to that guy. Al Horford, that's a bad man, fam. Yeah, he's had a shit regular season, but what he's been doing this playoffs, yeah, <laughs> he he's, he's, a, he's a beast, fam. I can't even lie to you, fam. Never, ever sleep on Big Al, fam. Celtics, quick sweep of them. Kyrie's doing Kyrie-like things, you know. He's getting on the ball more, demanding the ball. Um, one brother I want to talk about is Jason Tatum, but we're gonna come up, we're gonna come on to that when we talk about their second round matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks. So yeah, Celtics quit sweep of the paces. The last two games in the East, Toronto Raptors, gentlemen sweep of the Orlando Magic. I can't lie though, game one, Orlando stole home court advantage from the Raptors. Man, like DJ Augustine, yeah, that brother came in, clutched that game, fam. 25.6 assists as the Magic won 104 to 101. That game, Kyle <laughs> Lowry was in prime playoff form. He had a grand total of zero points. <laughs> he went all for seven from the field, and you already know the memes that went down from about Kyle Lowry and the playoffs, fam. But ever since then, big up him. He has bounced back. Game two, he had a huge game. Well, not even a huge game, but for Kyle Lowry, it was huge, fam. 22 points, seven assists. And ever since then, he's slowly been, you know, getting back up to speed, fam. Obviously, he's got Kawhi Leonard with him right now, not the Rosen, to help him through his paces. Kawhi's been carrying the Raptors team as well. Big up Spicy P as well. That brother's been averaging monster numbers. He's definitely a lot for most improved player of the year right now. If he's not, I don't know who is, fam. It, it literally can't be anyone else. So, yeah, after that, the Raptors, I think that was the kick up the backside they needed because they went on and won the next four and completed the gentleman's sweep. Then the last game, the last first-round matchup in the Eastern Conference, I feel like this was the most exciting matchup, yeah, in in the first round, fam. Not just because they're my team, but the Philadelphia 76ers completed the gentleman's sweep off the Brooklyn Nets as well. It was a 4-1. Brooklyn did steal game one. <laughs> I can't lie, though, yeah. The matchups, it was just crazy, fam. You had Jared Dudley talking shit. You had Ben Simmons bouncing back. You had man getting ejected. You had Jimmy Butler back in beef getting ejected. You had Joel Embiid, fam. We didn't know if he was going to play or not. We still don't know if he's going to play or not. So, yeah, it was mad. Game one, the Nets stole it. Sixers were poor in game one. They shot three of 25 from three. The first three came in the second quarter. Man like JJ Reddick got fouled out. 
Ben Simmons was getting booed by the home crowd. It was it was just crazy, fam. Obviously, you had the whole fiasco with Joel Embiid and Amir Johnson on the phone. I don't even know what was going down. But yeah, Brooklyn Nets, they stole game one. But ever since then, Sixers bounced back. Game two, Ben Simmons answered the critics. He had what? A triple-double. JJ Redick found his shooting form after getting fouled out in game one. Joel Embiid used the matchup of Jarrett Allen and Ed Davis to his advantage, with both of them getting into foul trouble from early. That's what you want from the player who calls himself the most unstoppable player in the league. So he needs to back that talk, fam. But yeah, so Sixers went on to win 4-1. Moving on to the Western Conference first round. So the Golden State Warriors... <laughs> surprisingly went six games with the Clippers. He would have ever, no one would have ever predicted that. But big up the Clippers. They put on a hard, hard fight. Shout out Lou Williams. That's a bad man right there. Professional bucket getter. That's what I call him. PBG firm. That's what, that's his name firm. He gets them buckets from Big up Lou Williams. Big up Montrose Harrow as well. That's a beast, you know, fam. A 6'9 center fam. It's actually crazy because... He's got the strength as well. He can throw it down on you like mad, fam. He does his thing. Big up the Clippers as well. Landry Shamet, that's my nigga from Philly. Bad man hitting that clutch free to steal game two against the Warriors. After being down 31, a lot of people were saying this is probably the end of the Golden State's Warriors dynasty. Um, I feel like that win didn't show their weakness. I mean, them going six games didn't show their weakness. It just gave them the motivation they needed to, you know, go on and complete this three-peat. Clippers did also take a game in the stable center, but in the end, they did lose in six. Courtesy of Kevin Durant backing up his talk. Ever since the brother said, you know who I am, I'm Kevin Durant. He has failed to put a foot wrong, fam. What a guy that is, fam. They got Pat Bev as well. That's a real bulldog right there. He got into Kevin Durant's head. He was re living rent-free in his <laughs> head for what? Like three games ever since then, Durant just backed back. He just bounced back. He's like, nah, man. <laughs> I'm too big for this shit, fam. So, yeah. So, that was the Warriors matchup against the Clippers. Um, the Rockets matchup against the Jazz. They were 3-0 quick. Then, obviously, they dropped a game in Salt Lake City against the Jazz. Then, they went on to complete the gentleman sweep, James Harden. He he was averaging less than his season averages. But, he was... He, he still performed. He performed somewhat, somewhat to his regular season standard, fam. But yeah, the Jazz, they they tried, you know, obviously they're, they're one of the best defensive team in the league. They tried all so sorts of different things to prevent Harden from going off. Primarily, they forced him into the paint to finish with his left hand instead of them step back freeze. Ricky Rubio was guarding him from behind. I've never seen that before in my life, fam. But in a way, it worked for them because they limited his three-point presence. Um, Donovan Mitchell, he didn't have a good series at all, I can't lie. Compared to last year, I mean, he was just jacking up shots. They just weren't going in. But I can't lie, I like Donovan Mitchell for that because it doesn't really get to him. Like he, He's one of them men, he just keeps shooting it, keeps shooting it, keeps shooting it, fam. So it shows that he's got mental resilience. And obviously his team, his teammates back him. Kyle Culver, he's come out, he's come and said, yeah, I trust him to take leadership of this team. And obviously that's the motivation you need. Like, man, like Kyle Culver, that's a serial knockdown shooter, fam. So if that man there showing you love, yeah, it's only a matter of time before you develop and become a superstar in this league, fam. But as for now, we just got to keep developing. The Trailblazers, OKC. I can't lie, this, this is another contender for best series in the first round, fam. Damian Lillard, that's a bad man right there, fam. That is a bad man, fam. Probably the one of the most slept on superstars that we have in the league. Wow, did he not answer his critics in that series, fam? Man called game from what? 30 feet, fam. How I don't even know how far it was, but not game. Man called series from from what? Shooting over, over poor George Buzzerbeater. Incredible, fam. In an elimination game, a man dropped 50 points, fam. You know how clutch you have to be to do that. So, yeah, big up Damian Lillard. Big up the Trailblazers. Obviously, they're, not, they're without their starting centre and Yusuf Nurkic and his counter. What an acquisition. What a mid-season acquisition that's proven out to be for them, fam. Obviously, they bought him out from the Knicks. And, yeah, that's proven to be a great deal of business considering the fact that Nurkic did go down. So, yeah, big up the Trailblazers. Big up Damian Lillard as well. Russell Westbrook was roasting him throughout the regular season. Man was saying, I've been busting your ass for years. But when it really counted, his ass got busted, fam. Fuck that nigga, fam. That nigga's a bum, fam. If you remember, episode one of the podcast, the very first 
podcast that we recorded, yeah, when I was with the man, then I were late, we were naming our top five, our top ten players in each position. I put Russell Westbrook third before Kerry and um, Seth Curry, obviously, and I was absolutely roasted for it. And it's now that I've come to realize how much of a mistake that was. But anyway, that was my opinion at the time. That's changed completely. Russell Westbrook, that guy's never gonna win a ring. He's actually, a ring will never touch his finger. Unless he gets married. But he's already, he's already married. Uh, that's the only ring that's touching that brother's finger, fam. So, yeah, because I can't lie. With the way he plays, it's just it's just never going to happen. I mean, it's all nice getting these triple doubles, whatnot. Like, you're doing stuff that man like Oscar Robertson was the last person to do. But when it really counts, when the game is on the line, when you need to step up, what do you go and do, fam? Shoot two for 20 Saturn from the field, fam. That's a joke thing, man. I can't respect it at all, fam. Yeah, man's all shooting 11 for 31 from the field in an elimination game, fam. Fam, Paul George as well, man. I'm disappointed in him, man. Playoff P, fam. I can't lie, he ain't playoff P, man. This is why Skip Bayless calls him George Paul, fam. I might have to jump on that bandwagon. Skip Bayless, that's a ruthless brother right there, fam. But yeah, he could have been in LA. Him and LeBron could have achieved great things. They could be in the playoffs right now, fam. But you chose to side with Russ, and I can't lie, you paid a price, fam. And now you'll probably never see the second round of a playoff series <laughs> ever again, fam. So yeah, tough for OKC. I think that's the third year in a row they got bounced out in the first round. <laughs> Last year it was Donovan Mitchell, and then, man, this year it's Damian Lillard. So I can't lie, OKC, they need to, they need to make some huge some huge changes fam because it's it's not good enough at all fam so yeah the last game in the first round that we haven't touched yet was the game that went all the way to game seven it's probably the tightest contested game where it was because it went seven games but before they before all of the games even tipped off this was probably the one game i would have said would go game seven and i did predict that so, yeah, the Nuggets up against the San Antonio Spurs, the two-seed against the seven-seed San Antonio Spurs, coached by the legendary Greg Popovich against the Denver Nuggets side, who get are uh, in their first postseason in how many years? I don't even know. The Spurs, they put up a fight. Obviously, they went all the way to Game 7. Nikola Jokic, that's a bad man right there. That's a real, real bad man right there. His first playoffs, he's doing he's do, he's doing what he does in a regular season. That's all you can ask for the, from these players, yeah? Well, these superstars, anyway. When they enter the um, postseason. Just do what you're doing in the regular season, fam. Like, you're putting up numbers anyway. So, yeah. Big up, um, Nikola Jokic. Game 7. My man stepped up. Triple-double. 21 points. 15 rebounds. 10 assists. Shooting 35% from free. I can't lie, though. During that last possession, the um, Spurs, they were down 4. With, like, what? 20 seconds left? And... Pop was screaming on the sideline for them to foul out. I can't lie, because LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills were on the, were on the court at the time. I was thinking, surely, surely they're going to foul them. But in the end, they didn't foul and they lost. So I found that very strange as to why they didn't foul. And I really want to know why they didn't foul as well. Those were the first round results in the NBA playoffs. We're in the conference semifinals right now as we speak. So it's the Warriors up against the Rockets. They have a 2-0 lead. And I can't lie, the series is over. Houston, they might grab a game. I doubt they'll grab two, but the series is over. And I'm disappointed with the Rockets. James Harden, I can't lie. I've lost all faith in that brother. He just can't do it in the playoffs. I don't know why. I feel like he needs to see. He needs therapy, fam. Playoff intensity is different. The game slows down a bit. Every possession counts more. Um, There's uh, much more half-court sets. But I can't lie, fam. He's been very, very disappointed. I mean, they tried to pin it, they tried to escape, got the refs for game one. Yes, there were a lot of bookie calls that were made by the refs, but that's what's been happening in the NBA all season, fam. You just got to play with it, fam. In football, they say play to the whistle, fam. I guess that, that counts in basketball as well, fam. So, yeah, James Harden's been disappointing. Chris Paul, CP3, he's been disappointing as well. I expected him to get off a lot more shots than he currently is at the moment. But, yeah, Rockets, they're down 0-2. And I feel like the Warriors, they'll just go marching on. Rockets will probably take one game. They'll probably split in Houston. And then Warriors will go on and secure the secure the series back at the Oracle. But yeah, disappointing from the Rockets. James Harden, he dropped 35 in game one on 32% shooting from the field. Shooting 25% from three. You can't be, you can't be having them numbers against the Warriors in game one. PJ Tucker also went off for a grand total of zero points. 
disappointing. Obviously, he's the one playing defense on KD, so I feel like his offense is negated by the fact that KD is such a superstar. But still, you got you got to at least make a couple shots, man. Come on, man. Like, come on now, dog. But yeah, game two, whereas 115 to 109, um, Chris Paul, 18 points, 6 for 14 from the field. James Harden, 29 points. I mean, he's averaging below his career, his season averages. Um, so I can't lie. I can't rate it at all, fam. But at the same time, big up the Warriors. Obviously, right now, they're without Boogie. He's out for the rest of the offseason. Hamptons 5, you want to call it that. Draymond Green playing at the center. Um, Clint Capella, he has been absolute doo-doo <laughs> this, this series. I mean, 14 points and 10 rebounds in game two. After he got fouled out, <laughs> his plus minus was minus 19, fam. So I can't lie. I don't know where it is, but I just feel like this matchup isn't for him, especially when the Warriors go small. There was a lot of talk about how the Rockets should, should also match that and go small as well, bringing in someone like Austin Rivers into the starting five and benching um, Clint Capella, putting PJ Tucker at centre. Um, I would like to see that, actually. Both teams going small, see how that works out. I feel like it will favour the Rockets more as they have more three-point shooters, but we'll just have to wait and see if they do make that adjustment. So, yeah, as it stands right now, Warriors are two up against the Rockets in the conference semifinals. In the other Western conference semifinals, Trailblazers against the Nuggets, sec third seed against the second seed. It's currently tied 1-0. Portland did take home court advantage in game two when they won in Denver, 97-90. It's crazy because Damian Lillard had an off night. 14 points. CJ McCollum, he done his thing. 20 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. He shot 40% from the field though, which is kind of mad. Um, 43% from free. So big up him. Jokic, that game, 16 points, 14 rebounds. Um, they just couldn't do it in the end. Portland getting the win. So they split. So now they're going into Portland for game 3. And I see the Blazers winning this series actually yeah i do see them winning it but it will be with it will be definitely be a, with a fight i feel like the nuggets will go on i feel like this series will go seven games with both these sides they match up quite well they're very similar quality levels so it'll be a very very interesting series moving over to the eastern conference right now in the semi-finals bucks up against the celtics it finally poised that one all um game one celtics huge huge win in milwaukee um, they stepped up. They won 112 to 90. Kyrie Irving doing his thing. 26 points, 11 assists. Al Horford, 20 points, 11 rebounds. He nullified Yanis Antetokounmpo. Yanis, he couldn't do shit, fam. <laughs> Man had 22 points and 8 rebounds, but most of them points came in garbage time where he made free free, free frees. So, yeah, um, big up the Celtics, though, because Brad Stevens, yeah, that's a, that's a real tactician right there, fam. He made sure that he... He managed to nullify the threat of Yanis. He couldn't do anything that he wanted to do. He couldn't throw it down on anyone. Anytime my man will drive into the paint, Al Horford will be on him. Uh, Jalen Brown will, will come and back it. Jason Tatum will come and back it. Marcus Morris will come and back it. So he really couldn't do what he could do. Game two, though, yeah, it's like everything the Celtics done just went out the window because the Bucks came back. Huge response from them. They won 123 to 102. Just blew them out of the water. Yannis Barks back. 29 points. 9 rebounds. Backs with Chris Middleton as well. His fellow All-Star. 28 points. 7 rebounds. Shooting 55% from the field. Man shot 7 frees from him. He went 7 for 10 from the 3-point line. So that was a huge, huge game for Chris Middleton. Kyrie Irvin, he had, a, he had an off night in game 2. Single-digit points. He had 9 points. Shot 4 for 18 from the field. That's very, very poor from a player who is well-renowned to being one of the most clutch players in the league. So, yeah, Game 3 will be very interesting. That's back in Boston at the TD Garden. It'll be interesting to see what goes down. I do back the Celtics to win this series. As I did say, I do predict them to go all the way, to go through to the Eastern Conference Finals because not only do they have a player who's won it all in Kyrie Irving, I feel like... That team last year, they're the team that went seven games with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. So they have that experience, whereas the Bucks do not. And I also feel like Brad Stevens has the tactics up his sleeves to nullify the threat of Giannis and also the Milwaukee Bucks. Last game in the um, Eastern Conference Semifinals is the Raptors against the 76ers. Um, game one, Raptors, 
They just blew us out of the water. I can't even lie. We were shit that game. They won 108 to 95. Kawhi Leonard, 45 points, 11 rebounds. Pascal Siakam, 29.7 rebounds. The Raptors starting off shooting 13 from 13 from the field. Jimmy Butler only had 10 points. That, it was a poor, poor game from him. Siakam, he was shooting 12 for 15 from the field, 80%. He also made three of his four three-pointers, 75% from the field. So that was a huge, huge game for Spicy P. Big up him as well. So yeah, that was a poor game from us. And a lot of the, I can't lie, a lot of the media, they are saying, ah, oh, this game is finished, this, this and that. The Sixers, the process is, is, is a scam, this, this and that. But yeah, game two, we bounced back, we we won, so we, we split in Toronto. That's a huge, huge stuff for us as well. Joel Embiid, he was suffering from, I don't even know, every game this guy has sat in new fam. He basically had the shits. <laughs> so yeah, he, um, Jimmy Butler, that was a big game for him though. He stepped up, 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, big up him. Fourth quarter as well, that's, this is when you need him, he is our closer fam, this is when he steps up. Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter, that's the guy that you want on your team. Trust me, fam. Ben Simmons had an off game, though. 6.7 rebounds, 5 assists. He's going to need to step up for game three because that's a huge game in Philly. Um, that is tonight as well at this current moment of recording. Big up James Ennis and Greg Monroe as well. That was serious production off the bench. They combined for 23 points and 11 rebounds. So, yeah, big up them, man. Joel Embiid, as I said, he did have the shits. <laughs> man still managed to get 12 points and 6 rebounds. So, yeah, game three. That's that's a must-win game for the Sixers, um, especially if they have aspirations to go all the way and come out of the Eastern Conference. So that is the playoffs so far. As I did say before, I expect the Celtics to go through to the Eastern Conference Finals. I am in. I'm hoping the 76ers can do so as well. But right now, I feel like my hope is more than hope than expectation. Because Kawhi Leonard, that's a bad man right there, fam. Obviously, he's won it all. Former Finals MVP in 2014 with the San Antonio Spurs. So he knows what it takes to lead his team to glory. Um, we just have to find a stop for him. Big up Ben Simmons, though, because he's done his best to try and nullify the threat of him. He's played great defense on him. I feel like he's the best defender to put on Kawhi Leonard. That way, Joel Embiid can do what he has to do, even though Mark Gasol has played excellent defense on him as well. So too has Pascal Siakam. But yeah, we just got to make sure we... I don't even know, fam. We just got to hit our shots, fam. JJ Redick, he needs to step up. Ben Simmons, I know what he's doing defensively is excellent. I feel like that's slowing him down offensively. So that's where Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and also um, JJ Redick need to step up. They need to hit their shots so that the Sixers can progress. Um, moving over to the West, though, the Trailblazers and the Nuggets. As I said before, I see that going seven games. I feel like the Blazers will nick it based on... Dame time, Damian Lillard, he's going to step up. He's done what he had to do against OKC, he's going to do so against Denver. Okay, um, the Portland Trailblazers, they're going to the Western Conference Finals, fam. So, yeah, big up Portland, big up all them, man. And, obviously, the Rockets against the Warriors. Like I said, the Warriors, Warriors in five, I really don't see the Rockets winning two games. I don't see them winning two games. They'll win a game, though. They'll probably win the game tomorrow night in Houston, but other than that, the Warriors, they're, they're just going to beat them down and move move on to the um, Western Conference Finals, where they'll, where I predict they'll play the Trailblazers. That's it for the NBA segment. We'll be back soon to round up the Conference Semifinals. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. As always, I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to also follow us on our streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud, and also on iTunes Podcast. Hey!